to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're here today. You know, we're embarking upon a new study this month. I've chosen Gabrielle Bernstein's book, Judgment Detox. And I'll let you in on a little secret. The reason I'm doing this, you know, I post now and then on Facebook and Twitter. And I got to tell you, it seems like there's a whole lot of judgment going around these days. Have you noticed? And of course, it's not just on social media. It's in the newspapers. It's on uh, regular television news stories. It seems like not only does everyone have an opinion, but they're more than willing to judge everyone else's opinion as well. So I'm going to be talking about that today. And uh, in fact, Gabrielle presents a six-part method of dispensing with that level of negative judgment in our own lives. And I'll describe that a little bit uh, a, a little bit going forward. First of all, though, I want to start with kind of the promise of the book. And so this is from the introduction to the book. She says, this six-step practice offers many promises. Petty resentments will disappear. Compassion will replace attack. The energy of resistance will transform into freedom. And you'll feel more peace, more happiness than perhaps you've known in a really long time. I can testify to these results because I've lived them. I've never felt more freedom more joy than I have when practicing these steps of non-judgment and detox from judgment. So that's where we're headed. So glad you're along for the ride this month. One of the places to start, though, is to really talk about what judgment is. And in the book, Ms. Bernstein talks about it in three different levels, that there are three different forms of judgment. And I think a good place to start, of course, as I often do, is with one of my lame jokes. So I hope you don't mind. So four surgeons were taking a coffee break at the hospital, and they were discussing their preferences in patients. The first said, you know, I think accountants are the easiest to operate on. You open them up, everything right there is numbered. The second said, no, 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 it's librarians. They're my preference. They're the easiest to operate on. You open them up, everything is in alphabetical order. The third surgeon said, I like to operate on electricians. You open them up, everything's color-coded. It's easy as pie. But the fourth one says, nah, I got to disagree with you all. I prefer engineers. They always understand when the operation's over and you still have a few parts left. I think it's a good thing that I can't hear you groaning. <laughs> so welcome. But that is the first area of judgment. And it's perfectly okay. And that's simply our preferences. We all have preferences in life, whether it's preferences in our food, uh, preferences around the way we dress. Uh, well, in fact, how do you like my preference of neckties today, right? Uh, I stood in the middle of my closet. I have quite a few neckties. And I'm looking through them trying to think, well, I, I do 
do want to glorify God today, so I ought to look decent, what goes with this shirt, and so on. So there's no harm in that kind of judgment, is there? You're simply stating a preference, simply noticing what works for you, no harm, no foul. That kind of a judgment call on, on what you eat, what you dress, any number of things, thousands of decisions you make, in fact, throughout the day, you're making a judgment call, and it's perfectly natural, it's perfectly wonderful to do so. And that's the first form of judgment, which is simply stating or making your preference known. You're not putting aspirations uh, on anyone else. You're not indicating that another choice would be a bad one. You're simply making a choice. You're simply choosing to, to act upon your personal preferences. All right, the second form of judgment is a little bit different, and we might say it's a discernment based on our values. Now think about it for a minute. Many of us are, are, are well aware of what some of our values are, and they often may differ from the people around us, but, but we get it, right? We, we recognize that other people have different values than you are. And I'll use a, a really simple example, right? So I have a, a fairly high value on efficiency and saving the planet. It's like like if I had to map out the hundred values that I ascribe to, it's like saving the planet, being ecologically sound is one of mine. And so when I load the dishwasher, it's more than just a preference. I'm doing it based on my values. I want to get as many dishes in per load that I can. I want to save the water. I want to save the detergent, right? I want to do the right thing by the planet. And I know that if I load the dishwasher in a certain way, I'm going to get tons of stuff in there. But what if someone else has a different value? What if someone else values their time in particular, right? In fact, I've been accused of, of never really having enough time to finish everything, right? Maybe it's because I spend so much time loading the dishwasher perfectly. So my partner, Daniel, values his time, and his time is valuable. And so when he loads the dishwasher, it's over and done with really quick. Now, is it the most efficient? No, uh, but it was the most time efficient. Now, do you see how these are choices? These are judgments on how we do things based on our set of values. And the good news here is neither of us are right or wrong, and neither of us needs to put each other in a position of right or wrong. We just acknowledge that each other have values, and we act upon our values. So again, no big deal, and these are the kind of judgments that we make every day that are perfectly fine. We're, we're going not just from our preferences, but we're going from that inner ideas of what's right and what's good for me. And often you'll even hear people state it that way. Well, this is what's right for me in this situation. Sometimes there'll be safety issues, right? I know one of the things that's on everyone's mind here in Portland right now is the Black Lives Matter movement and some of the, the marches that have been going on downtown in, in support of black lives. Uh, well, some people feel it's not quite safe right now to march downtown late at night. And frankly, I wouldn't blame them, right? It's a value judgment of what is safe and what is right for me to do right now. Now notice they're not casting dispersions, uh, aspersions I mean, on um, people who are out in the world wanting to take place in that. They're just saying, this isn't right for me right now. 
So that again is the, the second form of making judgment calls. And they're those discernments that we make based on our inner principles, based on our, our inner idea of what's right or wrong, our morals, if you will, and certainly the things that we value. And once again, we, we recognize, just like preferences, that other people will choose differently. No big deal. No harm. No foul. All right. The next one I want to embark upon, I want to use an example. Oh, oh my gosh. When I think back on this time in my life, in some ways, I'm surprised I ended up being a minister, and you'll find out why. So I used to work for the telephone company. In fact, many, many years, probably too many years at the telephone company. And I remember we'd gone through one of those crazy changes when it went from Pacific Northwest Bell to U.S. West. To, I can't even remember all the names. No. In fact, we started out with AT&T even and went through that kind of a merger and disbursement. But what I do remember is after things had changed about four or five times, there was a sort of a demoralization of the workers. For years and years, we felt that the telephone company really was here to provide excellent service to our customers. And we went through really a terrible demoralizing time when it was only so clear that no, our job was really just to save and make money for the company and kind of to heck with the customers. If we could find a cheaper way to do it or if we could make more money by advertising a new product, uh, then that was what we did. And unfortunately, this had the effect of really starting people to question whether they wanted to work there or not. Well, whenever there was a break, whenever we had a lunchtime, I got to tell you, the company cafeteria was a hotbed of malicious gossip. <laughs> you, you would swear it was like the worst gossip fest on the planet. We would sit around for half an hour on our break talking about how bad the supervisors were, how bad management was, what terrible service we were providing our customers. Not one good word would come out of our mouth. And this sadly, is the third form of judgment. It's when you're making a pronouncement that actually lowers the people you're talking about, perhaps in an effort to elevate yourself. And if you think about it, that's the very nature of gossip, right? We're going to downgrade someone else and hold ourselves up higher. I would never do that. That's not how I would run the country. If I were in charge of things, this is what I would do. And therefore, these other people are just terrible. They're doing a bad job. They, they're making bad decisions. They're doing what's wrong. And so this element of judgment, this third element of judgment, always implies a separation and a hierarchy. Let's talk about that a little bit more because here is where we start getting in trouble. No longer is it just a preference. I'd like to do it this way. Now suddenly there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And the people that are doing it the right way, which of course would be my way, right? <laughs> they are the good people. And the people doing it the wrong way, which of course would be everyone else, are the bad people. And my gosh, if you think about it, if you really think about it, this issue of judgment in this negative way 
It's the source of racism. It's the, it's the source of people feeling less than, not only individually, but, but as groups. When we classify a whole bunch of people as just doing it wrong or being it wrong or, or somehow being different in a negative way, and therefore I'm superior, I'm doing it the right way, I'm on, uh, on the team of the good guys. Oh my word, metaphysically, what have I done? I've carved up the universe arbitrarily to my arbitrary standards, what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad, what should be supported and what should be denied, what should be played up and what should be marginalized. And I'm doing it on no better basis than just this idea of separation and me maybe in some way wanting to feel special. I remember when I was little, and I remember that my mom told me I was special. I'm not sure what her intention was. And, and of course, uh, looking back, I can think of a number of reasons she might have considered me special. But I don't think that she meant I should consider myself special, meaning better. But I do wonder these days if somehow in our efforts to be special, in our efforts to count, in our efforts to feel good about ourselves, if somehow our specialness is interpreted as being better than other people. Well, I got to tell you, in the mind of God, all creatures are equal. Each of us have a place. Each of us have a role. Each of us have something that is so important that if our voice were missing, the world would not be the same. That each of us has a contribution to make to this planet, to this life, that cannot be denied and would be sorely missed if it were not heard, if it were not actualized. And so I'd like all of us to think for a moment, yes, yes, I'm special because I have unique gifts. I am here on the planet to do something that is is wonderful, that only I can do, but not better than other people, not needing to elevate myself through judgment and separation. And so this third form of judgment, this idea of the separating the judgment, the one person on top and therefore one person down below kind of judgment, that's the judgment that we're going to be working on throughout this month. We're going to be presenting a, a six-part plan for detoxing ourselves, for eliminating these kinds of judgments. And we're going to cover the first one very briefly today. But I want to talk about why judgment isn't just about being nicer to other people. There might be that superficial idea that by reducing judgment, the primary purpose, the primary reason I would do that is just to be a nicer person, just to not make pronouncements against other people, not to try to diminish others. And, and although that's true, and although that is a factor here, there's something actually even more important. Back to my story of gossip when I worked for the telephone company. How do you think we felt after gossiping for about half an hour when we got back to our jobs? After the break was over, after that kind of heated interchange of, oh my God, did you see what she did? And can you believe that the company's doing that? After, after just chewing that fat in such a negative way for about half an hour, 
How do you think we felt back on the job? Just about as low as you can get. There's something that that feels exhilarating maybe when you're in the middle of complaining, when you're in the middle of making a judgment, because it does seem to buoy your ego self up. It does seem to raise yourself about others. But there's a part of this that knows that this is not true. There's a, a part of us that knows when we belittle others, we're just inviting judgment on ourselves. You know, a great master teacher once said, judge not lest you be judged yourself. And that's what I would feel when I would get back to my desk after one of those little gossip fasts. I would feel just about as low as I could be. I would know that if I was giving myself permission to gossip about others, surely there were others doing the same thing to me. In a way, what we're going to be doing this month isn't so much to free others through our reduction in judging. It's to free ourselves. It's to understand that I don't need to tear other people down so that I feel worthy. I don't need to judge other people or politicians or ways of being, Facebook friends or Facebook frenemies. I had to look up the other day what the idea of a frenemy was. And, and that's a friend that you hold in judgment, right? That's a, that's a friend that, that often you disagree with in ways that are very judgmental. Well, I don't want that. I don't choose that. And through this month, my plan is to experience a greater degree of freedom, of joy, of moving forward into the light by reducing the amount of this third kind of judgment. So let's review just a little bit. So far we've talked about the three kinds of judgment. One is just your preference. I'd like to wear this necktie today. I'd like to have this flavor of ice cream. I'd like to just choose, and I, and I recognize that my preference is just a preference. There's no harm and no foul. Someone else can choose differently. It's all good. The other one is when we make choices, when we make discernments based on our values, right? I load the dishwasher in a way that values conservation of resources. Someone else may load the dishwasher with the value of time well spent. Yet a third person might load the dishwasher. If their highest value was order and cleanliness, they would load it so that every single piece of cutlery and uh, and china would come out sparkling, right? Now, are any of those right or wrong? No. It's just what you value. So those are the two forms of judgment. Perfectly reasonable, perfectly wonderful. It's how we get through life and enjoy life, in fact. The third form of judgment, though, that we talked about is that heavy-handed judgment, that judgment that says someone is right, usually me, (laughs) and someone is wrong, usually you, someone else. And so that's the form of judgment that over time actually weighs heavy on our own souls. So it creates a separation. It it creates a, a disillusion of our own fabric of reality. Let me explain a little bit more about that. The universe is a unity. If God truly is all there is, then all of us exist in that unity of humanity. None of us better than anyone else. True, we all have our unique gifts, 
we're all uniquely poised to do something that no one else can do, but we'd be equally remiss if we weren't present. No one voice is more powerful than any other voice, and all voices can and should be heard. For the really the glory of the whole, every voice has a place. And so our specialness may be in our gift, but our specialness does not make us better than. And here is where we begin to work on this third area of judgment. The first step that Gabrielle Bernstein says is simply a step of awareness. What kind of judging am I doing right now? And, and of course, you can feel your homework coming on. I know you can. So let's talk just for a moment about homework. So if you're willing this week, simply notice when you're making a choice of some kind based on a judgment. And just ask yourself, now is this just a personal preference? And if the answer is yeah, I'm just picking out that tie because it goes really nice with this shirt. Then you go, all right, that's just a personal preference. That's great. Let's move on. Let's say later in the day you decide to, uh, to take one route to your office rather than another route to your office. You can ask yourself, well, is this a judgment? Was one way right or one way wrong? Or is it simply that today I'm using discernment of traffic patterns? I'm simply wanting to avoid the traffic that I know happens on Monday morning. And so, yeah, I'm making a judgment call, but it's based on my value in that case of time, right? Don't want to be trapped in traffic. No big deal. I'm making a judgment call on one of my values, which is my, my time. My time is valuable. I don't want to take half an hour of getting to work. But you'll also, I know, if you're anything like me, encounter that third form of judgment where you just look at someone or listen to someone and that little voice rises in your head. What an idiot. She or he obviously doesn't know how to do this properly. She or he obviously isn't educated well enough to see the own folly of their ways. She or he, how can they be so mean or so terrible? When we make judgments like that, when we're gossiping, when we're creating a negative environment for someone else, and us, of course, elevated, right? What's the main story here? Our ego gets to win. Our ego gets to say, if only they were as smart as me. If only they were as joyous as me. If only they could do this as well as me. If only they had the experience that I do, then they would be as good as I am. When we do that, it may feel good in the instant, but I got to tell you, prolonged exposure for you to this level of negative judgment, it's simply going to tear you down over time. You're going to be one of those people that's always gossiping, one of those people that is clinging to needing to be right, one of those people that chooses to be right rather than to be happy, one of those people that you don't like being around. And so please follow along with me this month. We're going to have some good times. I promise uh, the idea of, of a judgment detox may sound painful, right? No one wants to go through withdrawal symptoms. And, and gossiping and talking negatively can be almost a little bit like an addiction. We get hooked on it. We get used to it. 
But I will promise you we'll have some easy steps. Again, a quick reminder of our homework. Just begin noticing your judgments. Which category is it? Is it a preference? Is it a value-based discernment? Or is it one of those where you are separating yourselves out from the pack? I have the idea. The other people are on the downside. Well, I want to close today with a quick quote from the book, and we'll have a prayer. She says, I struggle with judgment every day. I judge far, I judge wide. I judge strangers for divergent political views. I judge acquaintances on social media for the comments they make. I judge the way people discipline their children. I judge the girl moving too slowly in the line ahead of me at the supermarket. I judge my husband for not responding to me exactly as I would wish him to respond. And of course, sadly, I judge myself for just about everything. For years, I tried to justify or rationalize or dismiss, which seemed like innocent enough behavior. We get a quick fix of self-righteousness when we do judge others. It's a reliable little crutch when we feel hurt, insecure, or vulnerable. But inevitably, this good feeling fades. And when I judge, I feel my energy weaken and my thoughts darken. Time and time again, judgment will leave me feeling deeply uncomfortable, isolated, and out of alignment with life itself. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one goodness, one life. Only this one thing, this one thing that I call God. And, and what I know about God is that it truly is present everywhere, in everything. Creating that ability for me to, to feel special, but not at the expense of other people. Just recognizing my divinity, even as all others are divine. And so for this week, I internalize this feeling of unity and specialness for all. I recognize that every voice gets to be heard. I, I understand that my preferences and my discernments are, are right on and perfect for me and that other people get to do things their way. That other people are just as powerful, just as loving, just as beautiful, just as talented, just as worthy as I am. As it is true for me, I know it is true for everyone. Each of us can go on this quest of decoupling our judgments, of, of following throughout this month this uh, six-part process of, of noticing correcting and and eventually embracing not only who we are but who everyone is and so for this i give great thanks for this i recognize just the joy of life itself in all of its fundamental diversity and so i release this prayer into the activity into the action of the law i let it be and so it is Thank you so much for being here today. Now is our time of conscious giving. I, I invite you to take your gift or your tithe in hand. I know some of you are going to mail them in to us. I bless you. Others I know are going to go on to our website at cslportland.org and make a donation. Please know that your gifts are so welcome. If you'd like, you can repeat after me, graciously I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.